Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. So both of us found ourselves in a very small um, police basic school in uh, Nelsonville. We graduated then in the fall and Bill went back to uh, begin his role as a new police officer in the state of Ohio. And um, that was in September. In December, we got engaged. In February, we got married. Wow, that moved Um, quickly. It did. It moved very quickly. Did your paths ever intersect professionally through your careers? Occasionally. A Mm -hmm. person I had worked a case on might wind up in her prison. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, uh, we shared stories and cases. In our relationship, I'm the hand bringer. Um, And even on days of chemo, he will go back to work the next day. He just makes it part of his life. As opposed to, well, the first year we did this, you actually wrote that it was a bump in the road. Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community that's dedicated to funding life-saving cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteerism. I'm your host and Ride Community Manager, Jill Landino. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Through research, we will see an end to cancer. Thankfully, every single penny raised through our riders, virtual riders, and volunteers goes directly towards the solution. This is made possible by our major funding partners, the Elburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santuli. It's because of them, all of our partners, and this dedicated community that all of this is possible. Every year, more than 3,000 volunteers descend on Pelotonia Weekend and quite literally make our event possible. Whether it's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or mixing gallons and gallons of Gatorade, each and every volunteer plays a vitally important role in our mission to end cancer. Bill and Monda DeWeese are two of those volunteers, and we'll start with what attracted them to donate their time to Pelotonia back in 2009 in this episode, A Bump in the Road. We saw that it was a grassroots effort. We saw that it was research-based, which in our opinion, certainly in my opinion, I can't speak for you, but research is where it's at. You know, we have plenty of people who are fighting their battles, um, but what we need is a cure, and we need the research. And so that was the one of the things that 100% of that went to that, so that was a huge thing. And it was also not one specific type of cancer. It was, you know, lots of people could benefit from the research that was going to take place. Um, And it was also incredibly exciting to sit around that table and um, individuals who just were like, we're going to make this happen and this is what it's going to be. And you're all like, 
absolutely, we would love to be involved in that. And we're all just kind of going, we don't know what we're doing. We're <laughs> going to try this. But um, but it was that unity of, hey, we all don't know what we're doing. Right? Yeah. But we're going to do something. We're going to get our staff. We're going to get yeah. people to move tables. Um, and, and you don't think when you're sitting around that table, and I can remember there must have been maybe 10 people around that table in their Pelotonia office that night that we went up, yes. they ordered pizza, and never could we have ever imagined what would what it would have grown into. To get to that first meeting, though, you cold called the office, you mm-hmm. came across Kelly, who's our former COO, Kelly Graysmer, who we just adore, mm-hmm. and said, hey, we're in, what can we do? She invites you to the office, or does it take some time to organize? I think one of the first things we got with the routes um, because at that point, they knew where they were going. Yes. And uh, literally the route came right through a place where I was working. It was within two miles of our house. So it was literally a backyard project for us. That's cool. And some of some of the parks, you know, some of the areas that they yes. traversed through were mm-hmm. also – um, you know, places we were familiar with and had some contacts with, and you had law enforcement contacts. And- it was making sure the roads were clear and trying to keep the, the water stop moving smoothly. Monda uh, was very involved in that and uh, uh, just keeping everybody headed the right direction with, uh, and staying upright. And making sure the signs were ported, pointed the right way. And- <laughs> but to your point, Monda, it really, you know, nobody could have known. years ago that this would become what it is today you know last year we hosted over 8400 riders which when you think the first year we had 2200 i mean that's an incredible jump in just the amount of people who come to watch and um cadence who's our event management partner you know they are the ones that um tell everybody where we need to go they get all the supplies from point a to point b all the way to point z at the end of the day so um, just so lucky to have them. But really, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's a, it's the volunteers who create that that memory in everybody's minds of the ones it's that the help them. boots on the ground. It's the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's the cowbells ringing. It's the signs all along the way. Um, and I think what I watched in Bill was his attention to detail as we were at that time, the next to the last water stop. It's not the, and, and I mean no disrespect, it's not the elite writers who come through and are writing it for time. Sure. They know this. They, they, they do this type of thing all the time. But it's that person who comes when there is, what is it, 12 miles left to Athens or 11 miles left on the bike path and it's all flat and you're trying to tell them it's all flat. But these are people who are still in active treatment and these are people who have really committed to this and those are the people who need the cheerleaders and Bill did a lot of um, medical attention to some of those people and helping them and we made sure they were hydrated. I remember people never believing me when I said it's 12 miles and it's all flat and they're like, oh, we've heard that before. (laughs) Um, But it's, no, it really is. It's flat. And then the next day they'd come back and they go, well, at least you were one of us who didn't lie to, you know. (laughs) So that was that. that. So it was, that 
that was very moving to see people who were, who had given it their all. But, you know, it strikes me that, you know, with these very busy lives that you were leading at the time, to spend an entire weekend committed to helping this event that you would, you know, really just heard of out of the blue, called and said, hey, we're in. I mean, that's so significant. Um, when you got home, did you think, well, that was fun, you know, we did it? Or did you think, oh, wow, we can't wait to do this again next year? Both, yeah. I would say. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I looked forward to it ever since. What about uh, you, Mike? I think immediately, once an event like that starts, you start a notebook of what do I need next year? You know, I mean, for me, it was what do you know, we need peanut butter and jelly paddles, paddles. We need um, PVC pipe to stir the Gatorade. And I mean, you just start that list of things yeah. that you don't ha you don't think about and the practical logistical kinds of things of that. We seem significant for me because we would be there for the duration, the last riders through. Yep. The, the people who really struggled and gave it their all. Uh, that meant a lot to me uh, to see people who stuck with it, who didn't give up, who were going to make it to the bitter end no matter what. Uh, I always appreciated those riders most of all. And it may be their 11th. 10th, 11th, 12th hour on the road, right? Yes. By the time that you see them. What do you say to somebody when they're at that point, aside from it's all downhill from here or it's flat? Just thanks. Yeah. Uh, and good job. The, the fact that you were able to stick through all the pain and suffering by that point uh, of getting through our hills oh, yeah. um, meant a whole lot. Also seeing uh, survivors who were coming through as riders uh, meant a lot to me. Well, I, I certainly echo that because you see it in their eyes. They are so passionate about getting that last piece in. And I know that, that we've done some finagling and talking because um, Pelotonia, rightfully so, has some very clear deadlines. The course has to be cleared at an exact time. And th there have been some communications of how about five more minutes? Could we just have five more minutes? Because this person can do it if we can have five more minutes. So, um, you know, I certainly recognize the professionalism and the requirement for the deadlines. But boy, when that person's looking at you with tears in their eyes and and rashes everywhere and, and, you know, they've fallen and they're patched together and um, there's nothing more than you want that person to make it to the final step. It seems like pretty early on you felt ownership over this event. I want to make it better. We've got our niche. We know what we're doing. Then we just kind of go do it. But the goal is to give the writers in volunteering the best possible experience they can have. Um, and, and the answer is, for whatever question comes your way, is yes. And now how do we make it happen? Mine is, yes, mine's, mine is, is 
much more minor. Um, although maternally, I have had a great grandmother, a grandmother, a great aunt, a mother who was diagnosed with breast cancer not once but twice. Um, everyone in that lineage but my mother succumbed to breast cancer. Dr. Farr um, saved her life not once but twice. I was diagnosed with melanoma and had surgery and, you know, fortunately continue my checks and those kinds of things. But again, feel very fortunate for um, the treatment and everything that I have received. You know, Bill's diagnosis was in 2002, so that wasn't too terribly far away from the beginning um, of Pelotonia. And it, for us, has been a family event in that, that we have a tripod of a family. It's, it's Bill and I and our daughter, Parker. And Parker participated for all the years that she was at home um, volunteering as well and got her friends involved in that too. That is something that she has carried on um, throughout her life um, and, you know, even as, as she continues. Um, you know, she's a strong advocate and always continues to promote Pelotonia where she goes. It meant a lot to me to see that she would take her time and her energy to, to put into it. Uh, she certainly didn't have to, but she volunteered. Uh, and as Monda said, she brought friends in, and uh, it meant a lot uh, because she has been exposed to cancer for most of her life. Uh, and I think she's done quite admirably in trying to do what she can do to, uh, to help the, the battle against it. Bill is a very private person, and for her to be able to honor you in a way by participating in Palatania, yeah. um, realizing the global nature of it, I think she was very, very drawn to that because she sees hopefully a cure in your future, certainly. So that was a way for her to, um, to in her own way, participate and, and, and show that level of support in, in something that was very, very personal yeah. in our family. Well, mine was, to me, kind of spectacular. I had, had to wake up extremely early on a Saturday morning because I was in uh, taking a graduate program that I had to drive – several hours for so approximately four o'clock in the morning and it was the first time I ever voluntarily asked to go to an emergency room (laughs) and uh, it was the start of uh, a diagnosis of bladder cancer and I've had multiple recurrences since then. Um, I go through cystoscopies every three months so for me I'm in kind of a surveillance stage Uh, but I would caution anybody to to listen to their body uh, particularly when it gives you a pretty obvious sign that something isn't right Uh, but I did come in contact with a 
doctor that uh, was much more to my liking and someone I could work with uh, in getting this diagnosis and, more importantly, the surgery necessary to, to correct it. So initially you did start with a surgery after finding out your diagnosis? Correct. Uh, Fortunately, I've uh, been able to have most of my recurrences handled surgically. I would never have made it through if or more for his very much reality check and constant, you know, you know, don't, don't, don't overstretch this and and that kind of thing. Um, Because I, I just hit panic mode. Um, and, and my experience was going to a general practitioner asking for some um, anti-anxiety medications as he was about to go to surgery because his tumor was extraordinarily large. The blessing to that was it had a very, very small stock, but nobody could see that through any of his testing. And so when I went to the GP to get some anti-anxiety medications, she burst into tears and hugged me. The last thing you want to do is go to your general practitioner and have her burst into tears about your husband's diagnosis. So I knew at that point I was I was was in for a journey. And um, at the time, Dr. Amigo was very, very good with our daughter, very explanatory, let her know exactly what was going on and included her in the, the exit conference. That was very important to us. You know, you were sacked out at that point. But um, for she and I, you know, we needed to do that together. Um, and that was something that I thought was very important, having a doctor truly embrace, you know, it wasn't a huge family. It's just she and I. But to have that and have him speak at her level and tell her was huge in how we proceeded from then. Um, And I think that that's... He takes it in stride in terms of how he approaches it, and I admire that, and I said that that morning to you. Um, For Bill, he... He approaches this, as I watch him, as though it's a part of your life. You've ingrained it in that every four times a year you have to have a test or you have to have a procedure. Um, And to me, that is amazing and admirable and something I respect incredibly about you because... Um, again, in our relationship, I'm the hand wringer. Um, and even on days of chemo, he will go back to work the next day. And he just makes it part of his life as opposed to, well, the first year we did this, you actually wrote that it was a bump in the road. You told family it was a bump in the road. Yeah, I don't know that I've made it so much a part of my life as I refuse to let it have that much control over my life. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you said you, you've learned more, right, about, um, you know, treatments and, and options that are out there. Have Has anything that you've learned through Pelotonia um, influenced your care? 
or the way that you've thought about your your cancer journey? Well, I think it's made me a better cancer patient and that I'm more educated. Uh, I know which questions to ask and uh, I'm able to communicate with my doctor in a more effective, meaningful way. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, but for Palatania, I wouldn't have thought about being a little bit healthier year round and uh, maybe being a little bit more active so I can, you know, <laughs> not have to sit down so much during ride weekend. I mean, I'm curious, has it changed the way that, that either of you think about your health or your wellness? I'd like to think that it has, but I'm not <laughs> sure that I have the motivation that a lot of the riders do. Well, hey, uh, even just from eating healthier or walking yes, more. Yes, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I ride when I get the opportunity. Uh, I need to take more time for myself. Yeah. Uh, and between having a, a urologist slash oncologist and a cardiologist who are always on me to uh, get more exercise, I need to do more. Yeah. I keep telling myself that this will be the year that I'll ride, um, but I wind up uh, volunteering instead. Well, we can have you do both. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. You can ride one day, you can volunteer the next, or vice versa. You know, it's like anything else. If somebody tells you in the beginning where it's going to go, it's real easy to throw up your hands and go, oh, that. That, that sounds really scary. That's going to get really big really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at the growth of Pelotonia. Look at that first year compared to last year. Um, in a decade, that is an exponential amount of growth and work mm-hmm. and financing. Um, but also, look how it accelerated the research. So I think there's a lot there that, you know, sitting there, you know, you could, it would have been real easy to be overwhelmed. But like anything else that starts as a grassroots effort, you don't get that. You don't think that. You don't think that way. And then the bigger it gets, the more you kind of go, what do we do now? Um, and I think that's important to realize that the world is, is changed by, by people who have a small idea and make that into a reality. It's incredibly hard to not be inspired by Bill and Monda's strength in the face of cancer after repeated diagnoses and tons of side effects and just a really challenging time that their family has gone through as a result of cancer. But um, their marriage is strong. Their family is excited to be a part of Pelotonia. And every single year you will see Bill and Monda DeWeese volunteering in their bright blue lead volunteer shirts during Pelotonia weekend, doing anything that they possibly can to make every rider's experience just a totally memorable one and thanking them every step of the way. But we owe the biggest thanks ever to Bill and Monda for being just incredible community members who really want to change the world and support everybody that has committed to ending cancer. We want to say thank you to our major funding partners who make everything in the Pelotonia world possible. So thank you to the Alburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santoli. At the end of each podcast, we're excited to share with you a few fun examples of just how the community has gotten involved with raising funds and really just getting their friends and family involved in a really meaningful way. So Olivia, who is our Ride Community Coordinator, is here to share a little bit more about some fun 
events, uh, some athletic, some not, that really just get people out and uh, having a really fun day? Yeah. So each year we hear of some really exciting uh, sporting activities that are happening throughout the summers. And you don't have to be an athlete to be a part of these. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have talent. I certainly don't. I've participated in them myself. Probably have been kicked off the team for future years. But one in particular, um, we have our friend Tara Marshall from Zulily. Each year she hosts a cornhole tournament. Um, so you can get, get out involved in the backyard or maybe at a local brewery and bring a cornhole set and just have a great time and get a little competitive. Um, we've also heard of some volleyball tournaments happening. Yeah. Uh, Simply Community likes to host a volleyball tournament and a team puts a buy-in or if you don't have a team, you can show up as an individual and they'll pair you with a team, which is pretty cool. Great way to meet new people. Mm -hmm. And uh, play some sand volleyball. Yeah. We just had a little competition with uh, some staff versus interns in previous years. So hopefully we'll see if that tradition keeps moving forward. And there's even a ton of golf outings every year. Absolutely. Which are a great way to celebrate some summer uh, sun. And what a great way to get out and, and you know, get a team out there involved, whether it's corporate teams or community teams, having a scramble. It's just all fun and games, Jill. Yeah. And the thing that's really cool is... Uh, certainly in the Columbus community, absolutely in um, cities and areas outside of Columbus, if you ask a local venue or a golf course or, you know, what have you, if they would consider donating some hours for free, um, it's just it's a simple ask to make. And that might be more money that you can raise without having to, you know, perhaps pay for your lanes or the course or a deposit. And it's all just extra funds raised in the end. Thanks, Olivia. I'm excited to share that this next episode we have for you is a bit of a bonus. When we originally planned our first podcast, we thought we'll do 13 episodes, incredible stories from our community, really hard hitting, and we'll end it there. But as time went on, we thought, you know, how special will it be to get to hear from our riders the moment that they cross the finish line? What sets these two apart from me is just their impact on me and my, my family and my life. Just gives me the strength when you don't know if you can keep going. And People that you don't know will stand on a remote corner next to cornfields to cheer you on. What's happened is I have outlived by three years how long they expected me to live. What, four different kinds of treatment? Yeah, it was two years, but hey, survived. We're good. So stay tuned for that special episode. You've been listening to One Goal a podcast from Pelotonia, hosted by me, Ride Community Manager Jill Landino, with interview production and scheduling by Marketing Communications Manager Emily Smith. Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Westler Media by Vince Tornero. Additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orin Judio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their stories. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, as that will help others hear these empowering stories. If you're curious about joining the Peloton community and making an impact on cancer research, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.